Browns, Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Route 6A, Orleans, Cape Cod. On the web at birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By the Boston Harbor Island Alliance. Minutes away, worlds apart. Go to bostonharborislands.org for more information. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 543. I want to start off today with a hello to Sandy, who's trying to tune into our show down in the Edison, New Jersey area from her hospital bed. Thanks for checking in, Sandy, and get well soon. Well, the Interior Department has made a hotly anticipated decision about whether to add the bird we're listening to there the threatened greater sage-grouse to the endangered species list? And their answer is no. But that's not a bad thing. Interior Secretary Sally Jewell cited what she called an epic collaboration by dozens of partners across 11 western states. And she expressed optimism for the grouse and its signature ecosystem, mostly because of unprecedented conservation work in recent years, to restore the grouse's habitat. And our friends at American Bird Conservancy agree, as ABC President George Fenwick put it, quote, this gives me hope that momentum can continue. More sagebrush habitat can be saved. New science will be continuously employed for better outcomes and that this work can become a model of cooperative conservation, end quote. Also, many conservationists worry that if the bird had been added to the endangered species list, there would be a big backlash from oil companies that want to drill there and developers and others that might have put the whole Endangered Species Act in jeopardy. So no endangered species listing, but essentially good news for this iconic bird of the sagebrush lands. Mary Ellen here in southeastern Massachusetts called in last week with a question about hummingbirds. She said she enjoyed her hummers all summer, but they're gone now, and she wonders if she did something to cause their departure. Well, our answer would be, don't blame yourself, Mary Ellen. Blame the arrival of autumn. Late August through mid-September is the typical time when eastern U.S. breeding ruby-throated hummingbirds head south to Central America, mostly. However... Some western hummingbirds have been known, especially in recent years, to make their way eastward later in the season. So you might want to try keeping the feeders out through the fall, just on the odd chance that one of those western species might make an appearance. Thanks for calling in, Mary Ellen. Sorry we weren't able to get to your call last week. We usually do a conservation salute here, but uh, and we will do one. But I think first we have to do a little conservation raspberry uh, this morning, too. Most people have heard about this, I'm sure, by now. The automobile manufacturer Volkswagen, which has admitted to illegally installing software in violation of the Clean Air Act to circumvent regulations on emissions of nitrous oxide pollution in some of their diesel engine Volkswagens and Audis. The software detects when the cars are being subjected to emissions testing and then fully activates emission controls so the cars will pass inspection. Then, during normal driving conditions, 
the emission control software shuts off to provide better fuel economy and more power and resulting in the cars producing as much as 40 times more pollution than allowed by law. Volkswagen has been ordered to recall about 482,000 cars with four-cylinder, two-liter turbo diesel engines, and they will pay dearly for their environmentally damaging activities. Federal penalties may include fines ranging up to $18 billion and possible criminal charges. The CEO of Volkswagen has already resigned. On a brighter note, our conservation salute of the week starts with a question, could a few really angry birds get people all over the world to fight the cruel effects of global warming? Could they ignite a groundswell of support to convince world leaders to commit to tackling climate change? Well, that's what Rovio, the company that created Angry Birds, is hoping to encourage a binding climate agreement at the United Nations meeting in Paris this December. Rovio is doing their part by creating Angry Birds Champions for Earth, a special tournament that you can play as a free mobile app and on Facebook. The game is themed around climate change, with participants playing in the tournament with specially created Angry Bird avatars while encountering facts about the climate and learning what they can do to take action. So a Talking Birds conservation salute to Rovio, the maker of Angry Birds, and now Angry Birds champions for Earth. Pretty cool. Just a reminder, next week, if Congress avoids a government shutdown, we'll be broadcasting our show live from the Patuxent National Wildlife Research Refuge in Laurel, Maryland. It's an amazing, wonderful place. If you're nearby, please come and join us. Admission is free. That's Sunday, October 4th, 9.30 to 10 a.m. Eastern. Still to come on our show today, where have all the Bob Whites gone? A listener wants to know, and Mike O'Connor from Cape Cod's Birdwatchers General Store will be here to offer some answers. Meanwhile, how can we remember the song or call of a bird? One way is by using mnemonics, funny phrases or little rhyming poems to add our re- or aid our recall. We'll offer some examples when our friend and mnemonics maven, Jerry Barrier, joins us this morning. We'll also present our mystery bird contest at all, as always, and give away a fabulous feeder from Droll Yankees. And up next, we'll meet a bird whose call is easy to remember because it says its name. It's today's Talkin' Birds featured feathered friend. Here comes today's featured feathered friend, the killdeer. Broken wings a specialty. Well, not really broken wings. The killdeer is kind of famous for its broken wing display, which it uses to lure predators away from its nest. Nature can be cruel, and predators, instead of feeling sympathy for a wounded creature, see an opportunity for an easy meal. Adult killdeer seem to understand this and will move away from a threatened nest, dragging one wing along the ground until they get a safe distance away, then taking flight, hoping that by then the predator will have forgotten about the nest and will move on to other activities. The killdeer is a large shorebird that kind of looks like an overgrown semi-palmated plover, but with two dark neck bands instead of one, along with a brown and white striped head, a brown back, orange on the upper tail and rump, longish legs, and a black bill. 
And even though it's a plover, it's often found far from the water, in fields and pastures. The killdeer is found all across the country, but seems to really belong here in New England, since it drops the R at the end of its name, calling itself Kildea, like this. The killdeer, today's featured feathered friend here on Talking Birds. Thanks again for being with us here. It's our show, number 543. As always, we hope you will visit our website, TalkingBirds.com, our Facebook page, Twitter, and uh, what's the other one? Instagram. There it is, at Talking Birds. I don't recycle. I mean, we can just find another planet for your kids to live on, you know? Noted non-recycler Tommy Crenshaw talks about the future. Oh, I can totally see finding another planet that can support life when ours fills up with trash. Log on to yougottobekidding.org and learn about all the ways you can recycle, unless you're into lame excuses like Tommy's. Hey, recycling's just not my thing. Starting over on a new planet? Now that's exciting. Don't be that guy, unless you want people looking at you funny. Log on to yougottobekidding.org. So you hear a bird you think you've heard before, but you can't quite remember what it is. Well, one way to do so is to associate what you hear with a memorized phrase or maybe a little rhyming poem. Mnemonics, they call it. And here to help us present a few examples is our friend Jerry Barrier. Jerry happens to be blind, and he's quite adept at something many of us wish we were better at, birding by ear. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Ray. Great to have you uh, back with us uh, on the show. Jerry, how helpful has using mnemonics been for you in identifying birds that you hear? Well, I want to say first that that killdeer was a perfect segue into this <laughs> part of the show because its name itself is a, a mnemonic. Indeed. Um, I started learning uh, bird sounds when I was uh, in my 20s back in the 70s, and I used mnemonics probably more than any other uh, trick or any other memory aid, at least at first, and I still do. Mm-hmm. I find they're very helpful. If I can make one up myself, that's the, the greatest way, but I'm not very creative when it comes to mnemonics. In fact, sometimes I'm amazed at the things people say they think birds say. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. It reminds me of uh, of wine tastings when they when they come up with all these incredibly <laughs> complex uh, tastes that are allegedly in in those wines, you know, uh, subject to individual interpretation, I guess. Right. Well, we put together a list of some birds here, Jerry, and um, some mnemonics that go with them, at least the kind of traditional ones. And as you say, you can make up your own, which is probably more effective, I would think, because it's something you thought of. Right. But there are these traditional ones, and we'll start off with one that's, uh, I think, pretty familiar that a lot of people know. And uh, we'll play the sound here. Jerry, you can tell us what the bird is and what the classic mnemonic for it is. Here we go. Okay. All right. (laughs) And it is. That is a barred owl, and I would say that that one came from down south somewhere because sometimes they sound like they say, who cooks for you? But it sounded like that one said, who cooks for you all? You all, right. <laughs> <laughs> right, a little southern uh, flavor right. uh, in the, in the barn, a barred owl, not to be confused with what I almost said, the barn owl. Yes. The barred owl, who cooks for you or who cooks for you all? 
And, uh, okay, how about this one? Everybody has heard this bird for sure. I think you might know what that is, uh, Jerry. Yes, I believe that is the American robin, and it seems to say something like, cheer up, cheerily, cheer up. And it's very similar to what a couple of other birds say, such as the scarlet tanager, Mm -hmm. except that it sounds like it has a sore throat, (laughs) and it also says chick burr every once in a while. Mm -hmm. But that was a robin. And rose-breasted grosbeak is another one that sounds... Pretty similar. Yes, it sounds yeah. like a robin that took some singing lessons. Singing lessons. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, variations on the American robins. Cheer up, cheerily, cheer up. And here's another one that uh, most po- folks would recognize, certainly. That is Jerry. Well, I'm having a little trouble hearing that one. I think uh, that was the spring call of the chickadee, but yeah, um, and it seems to say uh, something like "sweetie" or some people. Uh, there are various words that people use, but what it is not is the Phoebe, which sometimes mm-hmm. people uh, think of. The Phoebe says Phoebe, as this one sort of seems to say, but the Phoebe has a much rougher, burrier sound and mm-hmm. a more abrupt sound. Right, exactly, yeah. And the, and the chickadee there, a much cleaner kind of sound. Right. Hey, sweetie. And there's the, the Carolina chickadee, which does kind of a little variation of that, too, with a couple of more syllables in there. But right. Hey, sweetie is what, what, what I call it there, but the yeah. black cha- black-capped chickadee. Well, I hope you can hear this one, Jerry. Well, that's, that's the one I think... Um Michael, Mike is going to be talking about a little later. That's the Bob White. Exactly, yeah. Let's ask Mike later on in the, in the show yeah. here, yeah. The northern Bob White, another one that basically kind of says its name. Right. Yeah, so that's a that's an easy one to, uh, to remember and to identify. How about this one? This might be a little trickier. bird from the east jerry well um again i had a little trouble hearing that one so i'm just getting a single tone from it for some reason hmm. um well, was we were... that the eastern towhee that was the eastern uh, meadowlark oh actually. i, I yeah. couldn't hear i only could hear one tone yeah okay uh yeah the eastern meadowlark and uh what spring of the year is what a lot right. of people uh, interpret that as saying, let's play it again. Maybe you'll hear it better, or maybe we can just get that sense of what it's trying to say there. Okay. I know a lot of people will be hearing that and saying, it doesn't sound like spring of the year to me. Yeah, That's where although you... I, um, I actually am still having trouble hearing it. I don't yeah. know if it's the phone line or, or what, but mm. I like the mnemonic for that because it really does sound to me like it says spring of the year. Okay. All right. It works for you then. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. How about this one? All right. That one I can hear. Okay. Um, that's actually probably the very first one I ever learned. That's the Eastern Towhee, uh, which I've also heard called the Rufus sided Towhee. Yeah. I think that's all- the old name of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that one seems to say, drink your tea. 
And my kids have known that sound from the time they were very small because I used to always point it out when I would hear it. That's a that's a wonderful mnemonic. That is a really good one. Yeah, you're right because this that really does that really does kind of fit with drink yeah. drink your tea. I think. And then every once in a while, that bird will say its name. It'll say Tawee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I think that is where it got its name from. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let's see. Let's move on from tea, Jerry, and go to something a, a little harder here, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> now, that one I'm having no trouble hearing. Yeah. And uh, that is the olive-sided flycatcher, mm-hmm. and it obviously is saying, quick, three <laughs> beers. Quick three beers, exactly. All right, we're gonna we gotta move along quickly here. Let's try the let's try this one here, Jerry. Can you hear that one? No, and I'm gonna okay. take a guess that yeah. that's the uh, yellow warbler. That's a pretty good guess. Yeah, some say saying sweet, sweet, a little more sweet. Right. Some kind of, of those higher pitched sounds are not coming through the phone not line. Not coming but, through. Uh, I'm I'm going to skip ahead to one here, Jerry, because we're getting short on time. But here's one that's, this is not exactly a, a mnemonic, I guess, but uh, you can see what this will remind you of. How's that one coming through? Wow, that's coming through well. I can hear that one. And uh, that reminds me of the last time I dropped a ping pong ball on the table. <laughs> <laughs> that is a... Uh, uh, field sparrow. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah exactly the way that uh, the way it speeds up there toward the end, like a ball would do when it bounces. Yeah, that's a great one. I think yeah. that's a it's yeah, a really it good. Um, there are some others like this. The song sparrow. This has a kind of a well. This is a mnemonic that's a little bit hard to swallow. I think maybe, but beautiful sounding bird. And uh, one of the mnemonics suggested is, Madge, Madge, pick beetles off. The water's hot. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think maybe somebody had had three beers when they came <laughs> up with that one. <laughs> yes, I've also heard uh, maids, 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 put the kettle little little on. And I have trouble <laughs> with all the mnemonics that are associated with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Barrier is a great Bay State birder and creator of the website birdblind.org. Any quick final suggestions, Jerry, about birding by ear? Well, one thing I do is I carry a small digital voice recorder with me mm-hmm. uh, so that when I hear a bird that I'm not familiar with, I can get a recording of it because try as I might, I find that I have trouble remembering mm-hmm. an unusual sound until I get home and compare it with the recordings that I have. Mm-hmm. So that's one suggestion. And uh, I, I think just keeping your ears open and listening all the time and always try to be creative and come up with these little mnemonics to to learn new birds. Well said. Birdblind.org is the website. Jerry Barrier. Thanks, Jerry. We'll talk again soon. Thank you, Ray. Coming up, our mystery bird contest in just one minute. Here's an idea for the next time you're shopping for wild bird food. Look for the Audubon Park brand, a top choice among bird lovers for more than 40 years. That's because Audubon Park wild bird seed is the finest kind, with more than a dozen selections to choose from, including the popular fruit and nut, songbird and cardinal, and no-waste patio blends. 
Human development and climate change are having increasing impacts on wild birds. Feeding the hummers, chickadees, goldfinches, cardinals, and all the beautiful and fascinating birds in your backyard really helps them survive and thrive. All of Audubon Park's products meet the highest quality standards in the industry and have earned early compliance with the FDA's Food Safety Modernization Act. And Audubon Park products are easy to find at your supermarket, lawn and garden store, farm and feed market, and online retailers. For more information, visit AudubonPark.com. That's AudubonPark.com. Audubon Park Wild Bird Food is made right here in the USA. Get some for your backyard birds today. Audubon Park Wild Bird Food. Talking Birds is made possible in part by the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, a world leader in the study, appreciation, and conservation of birds. Check them out at birds.cornell.edu. You're eligible to win on Talking Birds if you haven't won in the past six months on our contest here. And if you're not hearing our show live, don't forget, you can hear it live online anywhere you are, Sunday mornings, 9.30 to 10 Eastern. Just go to TalkingBirds.com to see how to do it. It's very easy. Our prize is a Droll Yankees A6RP Classic Sunflower Feeder with Ring Pull Advantage. Beautiful feeder, incredibly easy to clean. All right, we didn't get the sound of our mystery bird, but I think we have a backup plan by which we can do that. I'm going to try to do that while we're describing our bird. It's a small songbird of open country where it feeds on weed and grass seeds. It has a pale brown back. It has black patches on the chest, and it has a a pale yellowish throat and a distinctive pair of protruding feathers on the top of its head. I believe we're hearing from it now. It has just flown into our studio after a small diversion somewhere. That's our mystery bird. What is it? 781-837-4900 is the number. 781-837-4900. A small songbird of open country. I remember this bird when I lived on Cape Cod. I would go out there on the dunes at Sandy Neck in the middle of winter and see this bird flying around there going after those weed and grass seeds. 781-837-4900 is the number. Meanwhile, we're going to check in with Mike O'Connor. Let's ask Mike in just one minute. Right in Boston's backyard lies a magnificent resource where you can walk a Civil War-era fort, explore tide pools, and camp under the stars. Once known as the city's hidden gem, the Boston Harbor Islands National Park area has become the go-to urban escape for tourists and residents alike. It's a marvelous destination for birders, offering a huge variety of migrating and nesting species that can be viewed independently or during free ranger-guided bird walks on Saturday mornings. The islands are home to other wildlife, too, including deer, fox, coyote, rabbits, raccoons, muskrats, squirrels, and harbor seals. There are countless activities for non-birders as well, like hiking on miles of trails, sunny beaches, ocean fishing, concerts, beer tastings, and programs for the whole family. 34 islands, 3,000 acres, endless fun and exploration, all minutes from Boston. Find out more at bostonharborislands.org. And now direct from his secret loft, looking down at his favorite item in the Birdwatcher's general store, the cash register, here's Mike O'Connor. <laughs> Good morning, Mike. Bless the cash register. Good morning, Ray. <laughs> I have a question here, Mike, from a listener almost right in your neighborhood. That would be in the town of Harwich, right on the Chatham line on Cape Cod. It's from Susan, who says she has lived there for more than 40 years and discovered your store more than 20 years ago. Wow. 
She doesn't say she's ever gone into your store, but she did discover it there. She, <laughs> she rides it. by and waves every time. Anyway, she mm. has a, a two-part question here. I know you love those. Mm. First, she wants to know where all the wild turkeys and Carolina wrens have gone. She wonders if that rough winter uh, we went through a few months ago reduced their numbers. Um, and then she says, when we moved out here, there were many coveys of Bob White's. I heard one last year, and I was hopeful they were coming back. I also heard about a federal program releasing them at the National Seashore. Is there any hope for these creatures, says Susan, there in Harwich, Massachusetts, Mike? How about that? Yeah. Yeah, well, Susan, yeah, that's a good question. A lot of those birds take a hit. Bob White's take a hit when the weather's really bad because they can't, you know, they, they don't migrate, and they can't, they get kind of trapped under the snow, or the food gets trapped under the snow. Mm-hmm. And they have, they have trouble. Turkeys a little bit the same way, although the turkeys a little bit better at dealing with it. And the Carolina wrens do seem to suffer when, um, because the Carolina wrens, as the name indicates, are birds from the south. Yeah. But they pushed a little bit further north, no, further north with, uh, you know, climate change, and they seem to be doing well around here. Maybe they're very territorial. So perhaps the birds in your area didn't make it. It's hard to say. But I think on the whole, they're doing fine. Both the turkeys and the Carolina wrens are doing fine. Maybe a few birds in your area got knocked back. The Carolina wrens have been screaming in my yard all day, so those birds certainly didn't disappear. And the turkeys that I see going to work are there. So I think those two species are fine. The bob whites, on the other hand, are not doing fine. They're really, really, really declining. And it's just not on the Cape. Where the Bob White used to be the signature bird of the Cape. Every summer, people would listen to that Bob White call, mm-hmm. and it was just like the soundtrack of Cape Cod in the summertime, and that's all but gone. And no one's really clear why, but it's just not the Cape. It's, it's throughout their whole whole range, and it's not just bird lovers that are concerned. It's it's uh, hunters, which I hate to say it like mm-hmm. that, but hunters of 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 trying to bring the bob white back because they like to hunt them for whatever reason. I don't want to get into that, but they like that. But but you get a lot of money from the feds trying to bring the bob whites back, and no one's sure what's wrong. It, it could be something just as simple, oh, well, not simple, but something as obvious as habitat change, where the Cape used to be all farms and hedgerows. That was perfect habitat for, for bob whites. Now they've become um, houses and pristine lawns, and there's less habitat for them. That's part of the problem. And another problem that people don't talk about, but I, I'm, I would like somebody to talk about to answer this, is the the release of, because of the hunting, they raise bob whites and they release them. And I have a feeling that these farm-raised bob whites are kind of interbreeding with the truly wild bob whites, and perhaps they're making them less adaptable to, to handle the changes to be survival. Uh-huh. You, know, you know, they kind of release them, and they get shot, and that's the end of it. But some of them survive, and then they breed with the native birds, and they're making them perhaps less able to survive. I know when they try to bring back wild turkeys 20 years ago, they put out farm-raised wild turkeys. Yeah, that was a flop, right? It was a big flop, because yeah. those birds were too dumb to figure out how to survive. So then they brought in truly wild turkeys from other states, and the, the birds took off. And I wonder if the Bob White population got watered down with all the uh, farm-raised birds. So are they coming back? I don't know. I mean, the Cape certainly isn't going to go back to the, you know, agriculture that it had um, 50, 60, 70 years ago. So it could be a struggle, but it's all the way to Texas, down there, every place, down south, every place. is The quail are kind of disappearing, and, you know, who knows when 
it's going to change. All right, stay tuned. There it is, Susan. And next time you drive by Mike's store, stop in. Go stop in. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, you know, it's been 20 years. I think you're about due to come back. See you next week, Mike. Okay, Rick. Send your question to Mike. Uh, address it to Ray at TalkingBirds.com. Well, we're back here at the Mystery Bird Contest. We've had a little mix-up with our phone callers and our... Invite you to call us back if you just called in because if you don't have the right answer, you are still eligible to win because if nobody gets the right answer, a drawing will determine our winner. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. We're really short on time, so if you can squeeze your call in right now, please do it at 781-837-4900 to identify our mystery bird and win that classic A6RP sunflower seed feeder from Droll Yankees, that's with the ring pull advantage that makes. We it have uh, Terry on the line. Oh, thank you, Larry. We have Terry on the line. Good morning, Terry. Uh, good morning. Good morning. I'm glad we got you through here. Time is short. What do you say our mystery bird is, Terry? I thought it was a cedar waxwing. Ah, I thought it was too, but it wasn't. Oh, too bad. <laughs> thank you, Terry. Thank you. All right, try us again. We're going to have to flip the cards here. I don't think we'll have time to grab another phone call. Uh, the bird is the horned lark. The horned lark, our mystery bird. We'll be back with another mystery bird next week. And next week, uh, assuming there's no government shutdown, we'll broadcast live from the Patuxent National Wildlife Research Refuge in Laurel, Maryland. Be sure to tune in, and if you're in the area, join us live. Admission is free. Executive producer of Talking Birds, Mark Duffield. Our associate producer, Debbie Bleacher. Our engineer today, Larry Nelson. I'm Ray Brown. We'll see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Route 6A, Orleans, Cape Cod. On the web at birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By the Boston Harbor Island Alliance. Minutes away, worlds apart.